The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Let's roll level two. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morenci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. An active Monday night meltdown. A quality Monday night meltdown. Great stuff uh, with Paul Bovey. Hopefully you were paying attention. I know a lot of people in our chat were more worried about RB Lipsig. Um, and Champs League uh, action. There'll be time uh, for that, uh, but it's your money. Uh, so invest it wisely across uh, the board. As we talked about, international markets have uh, Joe Biden's number dropping uh, right now, minus 188. Uh, there, we covered the election. We move on. Tampa Bay Buccaneers victorious uh, this evening. A wild football game in which the New York Giants came back, and it's not about moral victories. The Giants have won one football game this year, but... It's strange. Like, they, they don't win, yet you see they are getting better. I have to give this to Joe Judge. I have to give it to him. You know, I I don't believe in any of these Patriot blowhards that come in here, and they're going to rebuild this, and they're going to do that, and they're, my father worked in a coal mine and all that type of crap, and yeah, yeah, whatever, coach. Um, you know, let's put some points up on the board, all right? Uh, but the Giants are in every football game. Like they really have been. Like if you go, you go, you go through the list of the, of the of the Giants games this year. It's like, yeah, they were in that game. They were in that game. They were in that game. Uh, Dan, Dan, Danny Dimes is still a young guy. It's only his second year. He didn't start like every game, but he's not a rookie anymore. And I think that you know, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. Um, I think that I think that Daniel Jones. You give him next year again. You give him next year, and then you know the patience. You can't you can't give a guy five years, four years. But really, there's a lot of bad quarterbacks in here. Like, is Daniel Jones any worse than Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz blows, man. Like, Ben DiNucci sucked, and Carson Wentz's numbers were the same as Ben DiNucci. That was sort of lost in this, right? I think Daniel Jones can play. I think Daniel Jones can play. We know Tom Brady can play, and uh, Brady nearly had another bad night against the New York Giants, but they find a way to win the football game. Uh, Giants' two-point conversion falls short. Speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, Colonel Kurtz, George Kurtz steps up and in. And Kurtz is one of the few guys I know we could throw Major League Baseball free agency at right now. And you know Kurtz is ready to go. And so am I. The Los Angeles Dodgers might have won the World Series, but you know what? They need to sign Trevor Bauer. They need to sign Trevor Bauer. Like, they need him. They need him, and they need to keep him away from their competitors. Let's do this thing. Bring it.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Marenzi. Rage all you want. For you. Oh, now, Marge, I'm waiting for the new XFL season. Who will win this year's million-dollar game? Who? Who? Honey. The X is for extreme. There is no XFL this year. The league folded. Who is it? Who told you? Last year's MVP. He sweeps up toenails at the beauty parlor. All right, let's roll. Level two, this is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morency. Amanda shows up flying by this evening. Thanks to Paul Bovey for joining us. Uh, we talked NFL football, point spreads, futures uh, in level one. Uh, now um, there's an argument going on in our live chat about um, yards per carry of what is good or not. And some people think, you know, that it used to be like three and a half yards and, you know, uh, you know, a carry is acceptable, 3.8 accept, you know, acceptable. I said, you know, four yards of carry has always been the gold standard of a real good running back. Like that, that's um, that's always been the gold standard. Let's bring in uh, George Kurtz. A lot of stuff to get to with Kurtz. Kurtz, this is sort of coming out of left field, but that's what I like about the show. And I do find it interesting just to sort of let people know. I think younger people don't realize what good running backs actually did, George, uh, with, with um, you know, with uh, yards per carry. Like, for per, per example, Barry Sanders averaged five yards uh, per carry. Um, Derrick Henry in his career has averaged 4.8 yards uh, per carry. That That's elite stuff uh, right there. Uh, you know, OJ Simpson, you know, we can get into like the big time guys. OJ Simpson, 4.7. Adrian Peterson, 4.7. Uh, Mark Ingram, 4.6. Very impressive. Terrell Davis, Hall of Famer, 4.6. And a Titan fan brought up and said, oh, Eddie George only averaged whatever. And he's a great back, but that's always the argument, isn't it, George, against uh, against Eddie George? George Kurtz, Eddie George. That's the argument against Eddie George that he's not. I think Eddie George is Hall of Fame caliber. But people say, ah, you know what? He rushed for a lot of yards, but look at his yards for carry. He just got the ball a ton. Four has always been the gold standard, George. You agree with that, right? 
I would probably go post four. I think you need to do a little bit, uh, a little bit better than four. But yes, four is the gold standard. It's what we all sort of live up to because we like round numbers. We don't want to hear four point two, four point three. But I think it's uh, for me, it's post four. But you think about it. I mean, we still look Gabe as a thousand yard season is a big deal. I'm just doing quick math here. A thousand yards is sixty two and a half yards a game. Not very good. Right? Yeah, yeah. 1,200 is really better for me, but even that's 75 yards a game. So I think that's what, you, what you're really looking for. And you and I both know run, the running game today is nothing like it was in the 70s, 80s, even most oh, of the 90s. Oh. Right? Every rule is geared towards the passing game now. The running game's an afterthought. No one's worried about the running back who runs well. So if you can't get post four now, really, does anybody care? Because you know, you're dying by the knife with the run game. Everyone's worried about the pass game and dying by the bomb, dying by the gun, the bullet there. So like I said, I, th- I think you need to be post four to really be taken seriously. You know what it is, too? And I want to stress, too, I don't believe that it's because the, today's running backs aren't good. It has nothing to do with that. I think what it is, it's the linemen, guys. It's the linemen. Um, college football, college football, guys, is all pass. As you stated, George, right? So... College football, I mean, look, George, quarterbacks that come out of college can rarely even take a snap from under center, bro. That's how crazy it is. It's like, oh, wow, Joe Burrow can take a snap from under center. Wow, like, you know what I mean? Like, Deshaun Watt, like, guys, are, guys like are in shotgun all the time in college. All the time. They drop back, they're in shotgun, and they just do their read. One, two, three, left to right. Like, it's very, very rudimentary, right? And the offensive linemen in college, they're not taught. They don't run a lot in college. So all the linemen are used to the stand-up stance and the pass blocking. So they're trained more. Like, basically, if you're if you're a footballer, and as you stated, George, teams throw the ball 60% of the time now, 65 70% of the time now. So would you, you, what are you going to teach your offensive linemen to do, George? To pass protect. You're doing that 70% of the time, right? Like, so also linemen aren't geared to run block like they used to, George. Like, they used to be able to run down the field and flatten people and athletic and stuff. Nowadays, man, they don't ask that from linemen. Just protect the damn quarterback. That's all they want now. Right, because who's making the most money? The quarterbacks, your $30 million quarterback is making the most money, $40 million nowadays, right? So you got to protect him. That's your investment. That's what's going yep. to win you football games. You know, it gave in my mind the most important positions in uh, in, in for, uh, sports is quarterback in football, goaltender in hockey. Because you're not going to win without either one of them. You have to have good ones there. So every we see it every rule every year is towards the quarterback, the passing game. Everyone wants to see a 70-point ball game. ESPN wants it for their highlights. The NFL wants it because they can sell that. No one wants to see the, the 17-13 game anymore. They want to see the ball put in the air 45 times. Once again, you and I growing up, it wasn't unusual for like an Emmett Smith to have 30-plus carries in a game. 30 carries for 148 yards. It's not, it wasn't unusual yeah, at all. exactly right. Nowadays, that would be like blasphemy. You're trying to kill the guy. No, you're exactly right. And I'm just I'm having fun looking at this. So, for the record, the highest I'll throw, I'll put you on in a hot seat here. Um, I hate when people do this to me, but I'll do it to you, Kurtz. Who do you think has the highest quarterbacks included? Uh, quarterbacks included. The highest yards per carry average. It's a quarterback. So I'll give you a hint. It's a quarterback. Well, I knew I knew it was a quarterback when you said that. Uh, had to be that. You mean uh, ever or just this year? Ever, ever, all time. He holds. This is the all-time record holder for all yards. Time. Yards per carry average. Can't be Tar. I don't think we're going back to Tarkenton. Uh, Michael Mike Vick. Vick? Call him, yeah. Mike Vick. It is Mike, Mike Vick? Vick. Yes, sir. Mike Vick. 
Michael Vick averaged seven point yards every time he ran the ball. So he averaged seven yards per rush. Second all time is one of my favorite all time players, Randall Cunningham. Being a Cowboy fan, you remember him, uh, of course, with the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Played for the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, he played for the uh, Cowboys. Ra- yeah, I don't think he did at the end, huh? <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, he did. That's what everybody Cunningham did. Is a Cowboy everybody George. played for the Cowboys. I gotta be honest. Yeah, I got. I got to be honest with you. I don't think of him as a cowboy. <laughs> well, um, I'll tell you. If you were telling me to name some obscure cowboy quarterbacks, I don't think Cunningham would have came to my head either until you just mentioned it. They're no. like, oh, you know, he played for Dallas. I would have guessed Kyle Orton before. Like, if you just said name like random c- cowboy quarterbacks, <laughs> Kyle Orton, <laughs> Drew Henson, uh, uh, Russell Wilson averaged five point six running backs, though. So, how about this running backs? Wow. Jamal Charles, 5.4. He's the top running back. At, uh, oh, sorry, uh, Marion Motley, 5.7. Jamal Charles, 5.4. The great Jim Brown, 5.2. Uh, Gail Sayers, and even 5.0. Barry Sanders, and even 5.0. The great Lenny Moore, 4.8 Hall of Famer. Derrick Henry, 4.8, who's on his way to a Hall of Fame uh, career right now. James Brooks, old school back, 4.7. Tiki Barber. Tiki Barber's always been that Hall of Fame sort of debate. Tiki Barber, uh, 4.7 yards. O.J. Simpson averaged 4.7 per carry. Adrian Peterson is currently averaging 4.7 per carry. Pretty impressive with this, actually, would be a surprise. Mark Ingram, uh, George Kurtz. Mark Ingram has averaged 4.6 yards a carry in the NFL. Pretty impressive. I wouldn't have guessed that. If you were asking about no. running back, it would have been the uh, – the, uh, uh, Best your YPC all time. I would have said Jim Brown. That would have been my guess there. But uh, I would have never uh, assumed Ingram had four post four point five. I nah, I wouldn't have thought that. He's a he's a better running back than we give him credit for because he always seems yeah, to play yeah, second right. fiddle. Even on Baltimore, he's still second fiddle to Lamar Jackson. So we don't give him the credit he deserves. Uh, Brian Westbrook four point six. So that's what I'm saying, guys. Like not even like not half these guys. All these guys aren't even Hall of Famers. Right, like uh, C.J. Anderson averaged 4.5 yards a carry in his career. Freeman McNeil, old Jet, 4.5. I can go on. Amon Green averaged 4.5. So basically, like, guys, every running back used to – DeMarco Murray, 4.5. Clinton Portis, 4.4. That, you know, and like you said, George, like four was the low. Like, I'm not saying the standard. Like you said, George, four was like, that's it. <laughs> that's all you got, four, four, 4.0. All these other guys, 4.6, 4.5. So I just I just wanted to clarify that someone brought up John Riggins as well. And it's interesting. I don't know. Like, I don't pretend to know everything, but I don't know why. I don't know. I, I read a lot of different things by chance. I was just reading about John Riggins like today or last night and about how John Riggins had more rushing yards in the playoffs than he did the regular season. George, can you believe that? Uh, like the way in 83 when they won. That's shocking. Like he rushed for like 560 yards or something in the regular season and literally ran for like 600 plus yards in the playoffs. George Kurtz kicking it with us. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Sports Rage Late Night continues. For the record, we threw it out there earlier because I say this because I know we've got a lot of uh, people listening in Canada, or, you know, Europe, Germany, all over the place. Um, so the international markets are right now. Uh, Joe Biden, when we started the show, Joe Biden was minus 188. Joe Biden is now minus 175. Um, there seems to be some, and this is what happened in the last election, actually. Hillary was the favorite. And then all day, all election morning, you know, the odds just kept dropping and dropping and dropping. I don't know, though, when when the international markets are going to close. They're in the overnight hours right now, but we talked about it last week on the show. They're taking more action on this than anything in the history of the world. It's the biggest bet event in the history of like betting. And that's without the American market, right? People, you know, you need to realize there's a world outside the United States of America that actually bet on things. And, you know, know, there's what, 6 billion people in the world and 350 million of them. Like, it's the thing, the U.S. is only 5% of the world population. So there's a big betting market out there. Um, for this stuff, and it's the the money's moving right now. The 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 market is a fluid one. George Kurtz, kick it with us. All right, George. Quickly on this, is Eddie George a Hall of Famer? Eddie George, a Hall of Famer. I say yes. Just to throw it's it out there, ha- I think he should. It's always hard when you ask me, because I believe the Hall of Fame is for the greatest of the great. All right, not the. I, I want the Hall very good. The whole of you are really, really, really good. So generally when I have to think about it, yeah. my first inclination is, no, you're not. You know, so I'm going to say, I think he was the whole of very good, but no, I don't consider Eddie George great. LaShawn McCoy? No. I would put George in before now, McCoy. That one was quicker. That one was quicker. I'll put it this way. I think both McCoy, uh, George, I'd have to look at the stats. Go- Sorry, go on, George. I think uh, McCoy had a, uh, a smaller shelf as far as a, a greatness, smaller greatness. Listen, I would probably take Terrell Davis out. He had three good years, three Hall of Fame years. Other than that, it was blah. I understand they were great, great years, but that's not enough for me. I think you need to. I need longevity is also part of being a Hall of Famer. I've we've been through this you know, in in the past. It's just sort of coming up again. It's interesting because LaShawn is real close to, he wanted to get to 12,000. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. Um, but basically, if you look at LaShawn McCoy's numbers, George, 
Everyone that he is next to is in the Hall of Fame. Everyone. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, and and it's the same thing with Eddie George. Like, Eddie George, Eddie George has, like, a, a strong resume, but the yards per carry is what holds him. And as you stated, people look – he was so durable, though. It's almost like his reliability and his durability is used against him because he was reliable as hell, bro. And it's not like they had a ton of wide receivers. The other team knew he was getting the ball all the time. I just, when I look at LaShawn McCoy, I mean, he's got... I say that about Eddie one, George. I was three, just saying that about Eddie seasons. George. All right. So, uh, about LaShawn McCoy, he's got only four seasons above 1,200 yards for me. That's just not enough for me. I, I need better than that. Uh, you know, when I look at Eddie George, Eddie, I'd rather have an Eddie George back than a... Uh, then a LeSean McCoy back. And I know it's a little, it was a different offense for Eddie George back when he played. Uh, he didn't have quite maybe the weapons uh, or the, you know, I guess Steve McNair, but they were, it wasn't that kind of offense where it was going to be, uh, you know, prolific. And he was going to score a lot of touchdowns, get a lot of points like that. I just, I am very, very tough on Hall of Famers. I, I fully admit that. I have said it many times. I would take let guys me, out before throw I this. put them in. No, I they should be. You should be. And I feel the same way. If you have to think about it, you're not a Hall of Famer. It's just one of those deals. And and not not like fully, but you just know. It's like yes or no. It's a gut right away type of thing. You know right away. So let me just throw this out there. LaShawn McCoy currently ranks 22nd all-time in the NFL rushing uh, yards, 11,071. Of the 21 players ahead of him, 16 are in the Hall of Fame. Just throw that out there. Yeah. Just um, I'm just throwing, throwing that yeah. out there. So, you know what I mean? It's a good argument. It's a good argument. I'm mean, I'm looking at Eddie George's numbers now. Now he has five seasons above 1,200 yards, but didn't play anywhere near as long uh, as McCoy's going. Only uh, seven players, George. Sorry, George. <laughs> Only seven players in NFL history. He was the seventh to do it. I'm not saying other guys aren't going to do. It. Seven players have uh, 10,000 rushing yards and 500 receptions in his career. I mean, you're making a good. You're making me think twice. I'll give you that. But I'm going to go back to my first inclination. I, I want the best of the best. You know, uh, I'm a tough grader here. Uh, I am in all How sports, this by one? the way, baseball, hockey as well. How about this? McCoy was uh, the 11th running back in NFL history to get at least 750 yards from scrimmage in his first 10 years in the league. Uh, joining Frank Gore, Walter Payton, Emmett Smith, Warwick Dunn, Franco Harris, Curtis, Marts, uh, Curtis Martin, and Marshall Falk. It's like pretty, pretty that you him. can't take that away from him. You know what I mean? That's pretty impressive. No, you can't. I'm- I just, I, there's no doubt in my mind they're very, 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 very good running backs. I would love to have them on my team, you know, if I was running a team yeah. or if I owned a team. No doubt. I in know my mind. we can't let everyone in the I hall, right? I get it. <laughs> I want the best of the best. The guys where you, oh wow, you know, when you tell your kids, oh, I, I saw this guy play, I saw that guy play, and when McCoy comes to mind, when you say Eddie George, it's not like I'm going to be telling anybody about these guys. They weren't special. Barry Sanders, special. Emmett Smith was special. Other guys were special. I mean, what these guys Roger come Craig? to my mind about mentioning. Guys in our chat are asking about Roger, Roger Craig. was Craig. first back Roddy. to 1,000, 1,000. All right, 1,000 yards 1,000 yards. Uh, right, in, in the same season. I think he was the first back to do that. So that's something in his uh, favorite there. Uh, this is a weird one. Oh, what, because he's the first to do something, a different kind of back. You know what they, they, they use against him is the, the shorter career. The eight years. He only played eight years. And and they really hold out against players. Look at Calvin Johnson. 
Calvin Johnson, as far as like, like you said, George, like Hall of Fame was, were you one of the best players of your generation? Right? Like that's the, that's the criteria. Were you one of the best players of your generation? You know, of the era, of the decade, of the generation, of the league. And Calvin Johnson clearly was, right? Like Calvin Johnson athletically is one of the best wide receivers ever to play the game. He's nowhere close to getting into the Hall of Fame. They hold it against him that he quit. And he still played like 10 years, and they're still like, eh, you know what? You know, like I heard Randy Moss saying, you know what? I played 18 years. And like you know, basically other guys, ah, he walked away. So no. You know, we don't, he didn't, he didn't put, he didn't, he didn't sweat it. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't suffer enough. It's almost, that's the way they look at it. He didn't suffer enough. So we're not going to give him that cream jacket, George. But wasn't he smarter? He walked away. He made all the money he could, right? Didn't care anymore. He's set for life here and he's not going to be beat up in his life. You know, maybe he was smart to leave before he suffered that big time injury or whatever it might be. I think if people got to take that into effect, I think we're going to see more and more players like this who are going to retire when they're still somewhat healthy. You mentioned Calvin Johnson, he retired at age 30. He played nine years in the league. I think he's an absolute Hall of Famer. He was a transcendent type of uh, wide receiver. Uh, are we going to hold against Barry Sanders because he left early too? We didn't. Why are we doing it with Calvin Johnson? Was he as special as Randy Moss? Probably not. As Terrell Owens? Probably not. But I think he's an absolute Hall of Famer. I know, but he's never going to get in. Like, he's not even close. Like, there's not even really a push. Like, there's no one. Like, like I said, I've spoken. It's the, I've interviewed more old guys and current guys over the years. So I've spoken to a lot of Hall of Famers, like even off the, the record and stuff. And they really do hold it against them. Like I said, it's almost vindictive, George. Like, that basically, you know what? He can walk still. Like, you know, I, you know I, I had a bunch of surgeries and, you know, I did this and I, I suffered a lot. You know, I remember the, the Chris Dolman, the great late Chris Dolman about Terrell Owens off the air. He said, T.O. is like the, one of the worst teammates in the world. And he was on the same team with him. He goes, T.O.'s a Hall of Famer, but we're making him wait at point blank. Like, they play games. He goes, he's going to wait because, you know what? He was not a good teammate, and he wasn't. But he's good enough to get in, but... The Hall of Fame, the, the football Hall of Fame has always been known for doing stuff like that. The backroom deals and how guys get in, how other guys don't get in. Uh, listen, I don't really have a problem if you want to make guys pay a little bit. You know, T.O. with all his uh, antics, to put it nicely. But he's well, a top five wide receiver ever. And that might be actually being a little bit, a little bit angry at him. He's probably top three. I mean, who would you take over T.O. if you were starting a team? Forget the all-field stuff. Terrell Owens, Jerry Rice, Moss. Is there anybody else in this conversation? All right, so uh, we're talking about all-time great wide receivers. Uh, for me, it probably starts with Jerry Rice and goes on from there. And then I said Terrell Owens, Randy Moss. I think these are guys you're going to have to talk about here. Calvin Johnson, to me, is an absolute Hall of Famer. I understand you didn't play uh, long, but I think we're going to see more and more of that as time goes on here because – Players are going to retire early. They're not going to want to play 15, 20 years. Football is a debilitating sport. You're going to get hit. You're going to get hurt. A lot of these guys don't want to end up like, let's say, Earl Campbell, who was a great running back in the 70s and 80s, but now can't walk. They're not going to want to end up like that. They're going to want to have a life after football. They make so much money now, you're not going to have too many Tom Brady's wanting to play until their mid-40s. I just don't see that happening here. All right, so I'm George Kurtz. This is Sports Rage. We'll be back. Hopefully Gabe will be back as well here. So we'll be back right after this.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. I'm a rageaholic. <laughs> I just can't live without rageahol. <laughs> Sports Rage late night uh, continues. Uh, we're back. Uh, we're risen from the ashes. I thought we got, I thought, uh, I don't know, I thought light, lightning struck or something. I heard like a weird crash. Uh, but uh, hey, we're back. George Kurtz uh, stepping up and in. Uh, our main man, uh, Colonel Kurtz, kicking it Long Island uh, style. It's a lot of stuff to get to here, actually, George. And you know what? The baseball season, everything's unorthodox uh, this year due to the um, due to the pandemic, right? So our calendar is all out of whack. But what I like about it, look, hockey's a short off season this year, and you know, even though baseball, you know, baseball will start as usual next year, or at least that's you know the plan right now. Uh, but, you know, we're into free agency already. Kind of crept up on us, uh, George, into, you know, the tender period uh, right now. And I'll tell you what, you know, we talk about free agency, George, a lot here about the NBA. Not this year. Like this year's NBA free agency class is kind of thin. And next year, it's like franchise changing. There's a bunch of mega stars and great players that are available. Major League Baseball this year, George, I tell you what, man. You put together just a team of all these free agents this year, you'd have a pretty good team. Like, you could almost field a, a complete team with all the free agents this year. There's a lot of good talent out there, George. And there's probably going to be more, right? I think we're going to see a lot of players dump, non-tended, let's let go. Because uh, it's going to happen, yeah. I think, in all, all four major sports here. Baseball, football, hockey, basketball. I think it's going to happen. These owners all lost money, and they may might continue to lose money. We have no idea if fans are going to be allowed in football when they're going to be out full-time, right? Even the Super Bowl is going to be like, what, 20,000, something like that. We don't know if they can come back in hockey, basketball. Is baseball going to have full fans in April? We have no idea. So I think these owners, are they lost money, and they were they might just say, hey, we're not spending. We're just not going to spend here. And these, this free agent class is going to get crushed. Absolutely I'm crushed. To be a this agent, is why, Gabe, huh? I wonder... It's the real, real, I think I see a lot of one-year deals, and I'll go back at the free agency next year when things hopefully get back to normal here. But there's only one owner now in baseball who didn't lose money last year, and that's Steve Cohen of the Mets. Boy, if he wants to make a big splash, he can do it. Could we see Steve Cohen sort of maybe spend the kind of money on, they need to catch it. JT Romuto's out there. It's probably post $200 million, but he's out there. Could we see him go for the number one starting pitcher out there? Trevor Bauer. Once again, you're probably talking maybe not $200 million. Bauer is up there in age, but it's, it's going to cost a pretty penny here. They need a center fielder. George Springer's out there. Could they go for him? The Mets are in an interesting situation because they only have really two starting pitchers right now on, on, their, on their team. Jacob DeGrom, obviously, one of the best, if not the best pitcher in baseball. And Peterson, who will be in his second year. Porcello's going to be good. He's a free agent. I don't think they're bringing him back. Waka, I doubt they're bringing him back. Matz, was, what was his ERA? Just barely under 10 last year? So I don't know if he's uh, in, considered in their plans or if they care if he comes back or not. I think Stroman's interesting for the Mets because they gave him the QO, qualifying over. That's $18.9 million. All right, so... 
I mean, that's a lot of money. And Strowman, I am sure he was thinking, hey, you know what? I'm going to opt out this year. Uh, I'm going to stay healthy. I'll go into free agency and I'll get a four-year, you know, $80 million deal somewhere around there. Maybe five years, $100 million even. Now I don't think he gets that. You know, so now he may have to accept that qualifying offer, get the higher AAV, and once again go for the multi-year next year. But I wonder this. How happy can the Mets be with Stroman? You think about Marcus Stroman. He opted out, right? As soon as he was eligible for free agency next year, he opted out this year. And he said, oh, you know, his reasoning was he didn't want to – I think the Mets were going to travel down to Miami, the Marlins, uh, for their next series. And this is when the the Marlins had that big breakout. And his reasoning was, oh, you know, I'm worried about COVID and all that. I actually understand that, all fine and good. And then you find out a week later, guess where he's out partying? Out in Miami, down in Florida. That's great. So I don't know how, how my, if I'm a teammate, I'm not happy about that. So I wonder how that's going to play as well here. But the Mets need starters. And the team that I would think, I think the team that is most could sort of make some waves as far as the other than Steve Cohen will be the Los Angeles Angels. And the reason I think it is, the, is really simple here. The Angels finished second in the Garrett Cole sweepstakes last year. They wanted Cole. They knew they needed pitching. They absolutely knew they needed pitching. Uh, they wanted Cole, but they didn't get him. So I think. I don't know again, if this is meant to be tonight. They're going to try and get him. All right. They're going to. Uh, they were going to try and get him. I think they'll be in the market for pitching again. This is the Angels. Uh, the Angels pitchers. Dylan Bundy's your ace. That's pretty much all I have to tell you about the Angels. Dylan Bundy's your ace. Andrew Heaney. Griffin Canning, Jimmy Barrier, Patrick Sandoval. I mean, we know they can hit. You got Trout. Uh, Joe Adele didn't really uh, help anybody last year. But, hey, uh, top rookie. He'll uh, second year. He should be better. You still got Justin Upton, Shohei Otani. And I don't know. Maybe Otani pitches. Maybe he doesn't. But either way, they need pitching. I would be borderline shocked if they don't end up. If the Mets or the Angels don't end up with Trevor Bauer, I'll be, sure, I'll be surprised. I think those are the two biggest uh, teams that are going to be in play for, uh, for Trevor Bauer that will spend money. Uh, everyone's going to point to the Yankees. Sure, the Yankees need him, but you've already heard Hal Steinbrenner say, we're probably not spending all that much money. That He wants to be under the uh, the luxury tax uh, last year. Hal will point out that the Yankees lost more money than anybody, which is true. They did. They also make more money than anybody. That's why they lost more money than anybody. So uh, the Yankees have the same needs as a lot of teams. Trevor Bauer would look great on the Yankees, right? So would JT Realmuto if they're going to finally give up on Gary Sanchez, which I think they're pretty close to doing here. So uh, I think it'll be very interesting to see where a lot of these big-name free agents, uh, where they go, Gabe. But I think Trevor Bauer is going to end up with the Mets or the Angels. Pick a ghost. You know what? And uh, you know, we apologize for the, uh, the technical uh, issues here. I don't know, man, George. I swear to God. I'm a day late, dollar short for the last couple of weeks. I'm I'm just amazed I haven't been electrocuted. <laughs> I'm just surprised I haven't been electrocuted through the week. But as I was saying, when I got shut down, it's interesting too. The New York Mets are now definitely in play across the board, bro. I you know I, I didn't realize how much money Cohen really has. This guy is loaded, loaded. Like you know, he's he's instantly like the richest guy uh, in the league. He's got real money, and as we see. He has an intention of spending it, George. Pretty classy, right? Retroactive pay uh, to, to everybody that lost their money through, from the Will Ponds through the pandemic. He's throwing money around. And you're right. I think they're going to be in play. Real Mudo, I think, probably ends up uh, with the Mets. Now, as far as Trevor Bauer, you know, we, you, you brought it up eloquently, George. I think it's true in the sense that it's a, it's a bad market right now. I mean, owners are losing revenue. Like, you know, we doubt – are there going to be full fans in the stadium when baseball comes back? Probably not, guys. 
Like, if we're being realistic about the pandemic, it's probably going to be, like, not this year, but next year, where we're sort of in a sense of normalcy at sporting events. So they are losing money. But you know it as well as I do. Some of this talent out there is just too good uh, to leave out there. So it only takes one. And Trevor Bauer is going to – got to believe Bauer is going to have some teams. And, you know, Yankee fans, you know, they always get frustrated with Steinbrenner and the Cashman and Cashman for not spending the money, George, not stepping up recently. It'll be interesting to see what they do here now, especially with the Mets in town. Are you concerned about that? I'll give you a take on that in a second. But for me, you know, Gonsolin looks like he's, you know, he's going to be good. We know Julio Urias is good. Uh, but Clayton Kershaw is not getting any younger right now. And, you know, the Dodgers, you know, we dodged some bullets in, in the World Series. To me, that should be one of the sort of, you know, we won the World Series, life is good. Let's go out and get Trevor Bauer just to shore things up. And we keep them away from our competitors as well. But as a Yankee fan, George, are you concerned now that, that Steve Cohen's going to start throwing some real money around with the New York Mets? Well, I imagine all the big market teams are worried about Steve Cohen. Right, because it's not just the Yankees, but Dodgers, Red Sox, if they ever decide to spend money again, right? Because now you got a new player in town, and they, you mentioned Cohen has more money than anybody. More money. If he wants to go out and sign Bauer, Real Muto, and Springer, he can do it. He can absolutely do it. It wouldn't phase him in the in the least here. And if you think about it, isn't this the off season to do it? Because you'll probably get those guys at some kind of discount because of what's going You're on. Right. Now it may be a small discount because they're still still su- superstars, and superstars always get paid no matter what. But if he wants to do it and really make a splash here, really get the Met fans on his side, which I think he does, he could go out and say, hey, Bauer, here's $250 million. Uh, Realmuto, here's $210. You know, Springer, here's $180. Whatever the uh, the going rate will be there, and maybe a little less than that, and spend a half a billion dollars, more than a half a billion dollars on those three players. But the Mets' problem is still going to be they only have two starting pitchers right now. It's DeGrom. It's Peterson. They got to fill out an entire rotation, so they have to definitely make some uh, inroads on Bauer to find out if he has interest in playing here. Uh, would you be a little afraid? Okay, you know, listen, I like Trevor Bauer. I think he's fun to follow on Twitter. He says a lot of weird stuff, but he doesn't. He says what's what's on his mind. The New York media would have a field day with him. Will he? Would he be a fit with the Mets? Or I should say, how long would it be before something blows up in his face with the New York media? Well, put it this way, it's a good point, and uh, it's funny because I was going to bring this up about Bauer. His act would play okay with the Mets, as you stated. He's, you know, this guy, Trevor Bauer, was born from New York City's tabloids and the New York Post, et cetera. But I don't, I think his personality almost takes him out of play with the Yankees, doesn't he? Uh, doesn't it? It's in a sense like, remember Manny Machado and Cashman just point blank said, yeah, it just, it won't work here. Just, it just, he's a great player, but it's just, it, you know, it won't work here. And they're always concerned about can you handle the media? Not just can you handle the media, but how you're going to respond to the media. Is it going to be overwhelming? Are you going to embarrass the franchise? You know, you know it, man. Like playing for the Yankees, like joining a country club. There's a lot more to it than just playing baseball. Ask Cliff Fraser about that. And what about Marcus Stroman? I don't think Marcus Stroman did himself any favors, George, recently by, you know, at least with the Ben Cashman's mind, by saying that, oh, I'm better than everyone there except Derek Cole. I mean, you know, Stroman got hurt. He should shut up. So you know, are you just assuming the Mets are going to resign Marcus Stroman too? I think. Listen, I, I talked about it while you were gone. I wonder how the Met uh, the Met teammates feel about Stroman, his ex teammates, because remember, 
He opted out as soon as he could. As soon as he had enough days in to get free agency, he opted out. He used the COVID as an excuse because the Mets are going to go down to Miami the next uh, the next series. And, you know, oh, I don't want to go to Miami. It's when they had the outbreak. I'm afraid COVID, blah, blah, blah. But then the next week, he's partying down there. If I'm Peter Alonso, I want nothing to do with this guy. And if I'm throughout baseball, I'm thinking the same thing. This guy protected himself. That's what he did. He just protected himself. He often he gave up on a team. He just left the team. Yep. It, that's not somebody I want on my team here. He's... He's been okay in the American League. He's, he's not been dominant. He had one good year, one bad, been off and on here. For the money he's going to want here, if I'm Stroman, by the way, I'm probably accepting the qualifying offer. If I like my no, time you, in New York, I'm going to accept the $19 million. I'll go for a multi-year deal next year. I think you raised a couple of points on a couple of fronts, actually, in the sense that it's going to be tough for these guys to get that $400 million, right? And none of these guys are really at that level, but you know what I mean? Even the 250 300 but it doesn't mean the teams aren't going to want to still won't pay still 30 mil, you know, 30, 35 mil a year, you know, Bauer supposedly that's the market price in between 30 and 35, depending on the situation uh, where, where he ends up. But, you know, as far as Stroman, it's a good point. And all you need to know about Stroman, it's a great point as far as him leaving the Mets to hang the dry. The guy talks crap all the time and he leaves his teammates to dry and, you know, out there to fight for themselves in the middle of a pandemic and if you recall, throughout the year this year, remember him and Randall Grishik got into it, Toronto Blue Jays center fielder, and uh, with, with the Blue Jays, and and basically he said, you know, he goes, we're glad you're gone, bro. He said no one likes you here. You're not a team guy. Everyone knows it. Why do you think you're not here? Blah blah. And it's pretty evident. Strowman's just not like anywhere. And listen, I know. I know people that know him, actually, from the area, and he's from your area, and said he's always just kind of been a jerk. He's always just sort of been into the logistic and, and a jerk. The kid's got talent, but he doesn't. He talks too much, man. He just talks way too much. He doesn't back it up enough. That's, that's the problem. Uh, we got a couple of minutes left. We'll wrap it up with George Kurtz on the late-night anger management class. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. All right, sports race late night. Uh, we're making it. It's like a fighter, man. I'm beaten, I'm bloody, but we're making it through. Unfortunately, our corner man, George Kurtz, is helping us uh, get through here uh, in the late night hours. Uh, fun talking uh, baseball. I'm crazy that there's baseball free agency uh, here right now. And some good players out there, guys. We talked about it. Trevor Bauer, uh, J.T. Real Mudo, uh, George Springer. George Springer is going to uh, demand uh, such, some attention out there. I tell you what, Marcelo Zuna uh, is a free agent. Uh, LeMahieu is a free agent. Uh, a lot of, lot of good players, man. A lot of good players. Kim, uh, Kim's a free agent. Um, you know, we go down a list and then you get into you know, the sort of the second tier guys. Kanak is actually a free agent. Odoriza, uh, Odorizzi uh, is a free agent. A lot of free agents this year. I don't feel sorry for them because they're still going to be tens of million. They're going to have tens of millions of dollars at over a hundred million dollars. Uh, but it's just bad timing. Bad timing for these guys. But, George, we can't go through our conversation without me asking you about your football experience uh, last Damn. night. That's three and a half hours of our lives. 
we're never getting back. But I'll tell you what, buddy. Cowboy backers got screwed last night. Like, in one world was not a touchdown, George. You know how many times I needed a touchdown and a guy is intercepted it and they're like, you know, Buddy's pinky touched, like, the guy's cleat by, like, a millimeter. And they're like, oh, he's down by contact. Last night, buddy, the guy's on his back. The ball gets, like, ripped out, booted around. I almost think the game was so boring, they just said, oh, I'll let it go. Uh, right? But Cowboys backers got screwed last night. That was lost in the crappiness of the game. Listen, we uh, Cam and I were on in-game live, and I had uh, Philadelphia a DST touchdown. So it was plus 480. So I was thrilled when I saw it. And when I saw the replay, I'm like, I told Cam, oh, it's coming back. And that he's down. He had the ball. The guy ripped it out. He's touched. He's down. I don't know how. I think you may be right. At least we got to get this game over, guys. Who cares? Like, let's go. Let's move on here. Because he was down. He, so I was shocked. I, mean, I was very happy, mind you. I put money in my pocket. I'm not going to complain. But I think that's a blown call, a bad review there. That should have been ruled down. Well, you know, I guess I guess you're saved by the bell. So am I, literally and figuratively. We're saved by the bell, so we don't have enough time to talk uh, more, too much time to talk about the Cowboys. Uh, but the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers are up next. Thanks to Paul Baldy, George Kurtz for stepping up, and then we apologize for the difficulties, but hey, we're alive. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.